Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. from the Bible. So um, early in lockdown, <coughs> excuse me, um, there were numbers of news reports started to come out, even kind of uh, people like Russell Brand were talking about this. Uh, it was up on the on social media quite a bit, how actually there had been a big uh, uptick in the amount of people searching for prayer on Google. They've been writing prayer into Google. Uh, and uh, that number had really spiked uh, as lockdown began. And I, I looked into this, you can look at Google Trends uh, quite easily. So I looked into this and saw that actually uh, from kind of, you can see the moment Boris Johnson announced we're going into lockdown, there was a big spike in the amount of people searching for prayer. And uh, yeah, that re- really kicked in then. And, and I was just kind of reading about this and thinking, well, why did that happen? It's a bit of an obvious question you might be thinking. Um, But actually, I think there are all sorts of things going on here. Um, When people search for prayer, when suddenly you go from not even thinking about prayer, which perhaps would be true for us as a nation, uh, to suddenly Google says lots and lots of people are now searching and wanting to understand what prayer is uh, or how to pray even. Uh, and it probably comes a realisation when crisis comes, you realise I'm out of my depth. Okay, there's stuff going on which I don't understand. Maybe there's I'm now under pressure. I'm worried about my job. I'm worried about my family. I'm concerned about the possibility that death will come to me or people that I love. Or perhaps it's slightly more mundane, just thinking I've been completely shaken out of my routine. Uh, my comfort zones have suddenly disappeared. I know that uh, on Monday I get up, I get on the bus, I go to work and suddenly I'm told you're not allowed to do that anymore. Uh, There's kind of a a strange things that happen in our heart when stuff like that happens, that loss of control. Uh, Numbers of people just saying, well, I don't know how to make decisions anymore because I don't know what I'm supposed to do next. I was talking with someone just yesterday who have, Uh, some big life decisions coming up which in the normal way of life would have been complicated and taken a step at a time but now they're like I don't even know when I'm going to be able to make a decision Uh, and that leaves us feeling perhaps vulnerable perhaps simply just aware of our limitations suddenly you think I'm limited completely I mean our physical limitations become very obvious all of a sudden don't they I'm I'm, uh, physically very vulnerable I could get illness I could die and so our physical uh, um, physicality becomes very limited Our, our ability to travel all of those things suddenly limitations are put on us And in those moments of stress, of pressure, of anxiety, of uh, loss of comfort control, what happens? Well, people look upwards. That's what we're seeing happening. Actually, there's maybe even a looking for the divine, looking for something or someone who can have some control. Maybe that will help us to make sense of the mess we're in, maybe even a pathway out of the mess. And when crisis comes, we go to God often. And perhaps if we're believers that we we understand that more. We think, actually, I know that when there are difficult times, I can pray to my father in heaven. And we know that as Christians. Uh, Or perhaps if you're not a believer, perhaps you've never thought about faith or Jesus 
or, or Christianity in a, in a long time where we've never thought about him before. And then suddenly you think, oh, there's so much going on in the world I don't understand. I, I need to look up. I need to find a way of understanding this. Perhaps when crisis comes, we go to God. James, who we've been uh, reading his letter over the last kind of weeks and months in Gorton, he was writing to a group of people in crisis. Believers who had fled persecution now found themselves to be exiles in a foreign lands. Uh, and James was writing to them, trying to help them understand how you have faith, how you live life in difficult situations like this. Uh, and he wrote to them to help them do that. And we're getting to the last part of his letter today, uh, the last few verses that we're going to pick out uh, from. And I'm just going to read them for you. So sometimes we put the, the Bible verses up on the screen. Today, I'm just saying, get your Bible. If you've got paper Bible, get it out on your knees. If you've got it on your phone, get it on your phone. Uh, but leave this passage open today, because we're going to kind of keep coming back to it. And it's when we, when we teach and read the Bible together. Just always have it open in front of you. Don't let preachers spoon feed you all the time. Have it in front of you. Okay, it's important. So let's read. James 5 verses 13 to 18 says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him. Anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again and heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. So that's just the last bit of James there. And what we're going to think about today is how all of life needs prayer. All of life needs prayer. So when we started this letter of James months ago, it seems almost a whole lifetime ago in the social club in Gorton. And it was one of the first uh, preachers I got to do with you guys uh, after me, Vic and the kids moved to join you in Gorton. Uh, and we read this. It said, count it all joy. Right at the beginning of James, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. So for James, he wants his readers to understand. He wants us to understand, even today, 21st century Manchester, uh, under lockdown or not under lockdown, whatever point of life we're in, he wants us to understand that faith involves your whole life. And your whole life pr should produce faith within you if you allow it to. Okay? So everything that happens in life is an opportunity for us to step out in faith. Okay, good times and bad times. So when he says trial produces faith and steadfastness, that's what he means. Look, these trials are an opportunity for you to grow in faith. And he ends his letter where we are today on a similar theme, that everything that happens in life is an opportunity for us to grow in faith, to step out in faith. It's an opportunity to follow God's an opportunity to believe in God's and an opportunity to live for God's. And today we want to think about how all of life needs prayer. So I don't know about you, but I have a habit 
of praying when I am desperate for something, when I need something, when I want something, when stuff is going wrong, then I'm brilliant at prayer. Actually, I don't need any books on prayer. I've got it nailed in those points. Uh, unfortunately, the flip side of that is when life is good, when things are going well, when I'm getting everything that I want in life, I can forget to pray because you know there isn't the urgency. Uh, and that's a confession to you. Okay? I'm not saying that's a good thing, I'm confessing to you. Um, and so, for example, when we've planted churches, um, which we've done a couple now, uh, I find at the beginning, I am praying like a warrior. I am just all about on my knees for prayer because I'm so desperate for this thing to come to life. I'm praying. Uh, and when the thing grows a bit, when the church grows, few people get saved, it, it grows. But then yeah, I get a bit more comfortable and the praying maybe subsides a little bit. Uh, or, for example, when a good friend gets sick. So Vic's dad uh, was very ill a couple of years ago and we prayed a lot then because it was crisis. It was disaster. Uh, and But as his condition improved, improved as he's begun to recover perhaps we prayed less about him but James says look all of life needs prayer every stage every point in life and he says if you are suffering let him pray is anyone cheerful let him sing praise so for everyone good times bad times suffering or joy we need prayer we need to be talking to God consistently honestly approaching our father in heaven asking for help also thanking him for the goodness that there is in life and when we think about prayer we love the great stories of incredible answers to prayer don't we so i think about uh, victoria armstrong our friend and our hero who actually she uh, said i believe that i'm that god is going to give me the old bank on hyde road for a quid and i remember her telling me this about 10 years ago and it was one of those times she was talking yeah I believe God's told me he's going to give me that for a quid and I remember nodding going yeah yeah I'm sure completely why yes one of those nods that you do when you're thinking if there's a way out of this conversation without me being rude that would be amazing um, and then actually that's entirely what happens that's what God did and so you think that's an amazing answer to prayer it really builds faith when you hear those stories isn't it incredible thing um, but we should remember as well that faith is there in our consistent walk and praying and talking to God. And actually, we don't talk about those things, just the daily, I'm praying, I'm talking to my Father in heaven, I'm singing praise when life is good, I'm mourning with him when life is rubbish. That is huge, bold faith. Uh, and if you're doing that, you're probably not going to write any books about prayer. Nobody's going to read those books, but it is very powerful. And that's what James is telling us today. In fact, in Ephesians, Paul writes a similar, says, similar thing. He says, uh, pray at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. He's saying, look, we just day by day, one foot in front of the other, pray when life is good, pray when life is difficult. But James also, he gives us a bit more help. He says, look, prayer isn't a battle that we fight on our own. And sometimes we can make prayer this thing that's completely isolated, like somehow we get more uh, faith points for praying only on our own. Now, Jesus does say you go into your room in your house and you pray. That's how he taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer. Um, but it, it, we don't want to turn it into something that's entirely and completely isolated. And James sees prayer as a community activity. And he says, look, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Uh, let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. 
Now this is, there's a huge amount going on just in this one verse and I don't want us to get bogged down in elders or anointing with oil or anything like that but because actually I think James is making this really very simple for us. He says, look, when you are sick, getting other people to pray for you is a good idea. It, it can be a helpful thing uh, and it's great to get the wider church community involved. Uh, and when he talks about elders, getting the elders involved, what he's saying is, look, <clears throat> there are people who are perhaps in leadership, perhaps uh, respected, perhaps they've got a bit of wisdom. Why not ask them to come and pray for you? Uh, and what he's saying is, look, there is a church community here that wants to help, that wants to be involved, that wants to pray for you. Uh, and we can have faith together we can get together and pray that your sickness would stop it's important when life is tough when we suffer with sickness that we don't isolate now at the moment we've been told to self-isolate for the good of everybody else but you can do that and entirely cut yourself off from the internet or from phone calls or anything you can just uh, completely cut all human contact and what James is saying, look, is that there is a community around you that want to help you, that want to pray with you. And there is faith and power when that church community come together and pray. Now I'm going to make another confession. I hate fuss. I hate people fussing over me. If I'm a bit ill, I, I hate fuss. OK, I just if life is difficult for other reasons, you know, not illness. I hate fuss. I don't want people kind of hassling and fussing over me. I just, I really don't like it. I actually quite like the idea of cutting myself off until either I've worked out what I need to work out or I feel better physically. Uh, the problem with doing that, again, more confession, is that I end up losing perspective. You end up just stewing in your own juice or in your own illness, whatever it might be. And when I talk to people, when I ask for help, when I say, oh, if you could pray for me, that would be brilliant. I find that the fog clears, or I just feel like I feel part of community again. I feel like people are on my sides when I seek wisdom from others. So James is saying, and I'm going to paraphrase, paraphrase James slightly here. He says, look, when you're sick, you don't need to go it alone. Your church community are there for you. They're there to help you. All of life needs prayer. And then James moves on as we keep thinking about prayer. And he says that prayer actually produces change. Okay, it's not rocket science here this morning, is it? But that's what he's saying. Prayer produces change. At verse 15, he says, the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another Pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So James is encouraging a life of prayer here, okay? And he's laying out a challenge for us. And it's a very clear challenge. And it seems really obvious, but I think actually we forget this. And when we forget this, it can um, drain faith from our prayer life. And he says, look, the challenge is to pray for specific things. Okay, now you must, you've been sitting there thinking, Tim, this is so obvious. What are you talking about? But he's saying, look, pray for actual things to happen. Now, I know when I'm not praying kind of carefully, I'm just thoughtlessly daydream praying. You know that prayer. And sometimes I find myself going, yeah, Lord, just bless me. Bless the other person. 
bless my family. Oh yeah, bless my kids. Don't want to forget my kids. Bless, bless my wife. Bless. Yeah, that'd be good. Amen. Uh, and actually, there's no prayer there to answer. Really, you think, well, what does a blessing look like? I mean, it, it could just be they feel cheerful that time. I don't know. Um, but it, it sounds obvious. But James saying, look, just go after some things. Go after some big things in prayer. And he's he lays a challenge. Said, look, pray for healing and pray for forgiveness okay pray for healing and pray for forgiveness and we might think well it's the bible of course it's going to tell us to pray for healing and forgiveness but actually we need to remember these are huge things to pray for when we pray for healing when we pray for forgiveness we are asking god to change the whole universe we are when we pray for healing and forgiveness that's what you are asking god to do healing is asking god to intervene to make someone who is sick healthy again Okay, again, seems obvious, doesn't it? But actually, it's really important. Uh, someone who is ill, to make them not ill. And you, you're asking that that would happen perhaps in front of you or much quicker uh, than normal. And, and when we ask for forgiveness, we're asking God to restore his created creatures, that's us, back into relationship with God the Father in heaven. Okay, uh, That is changing the whole universe. If you don't believe me, just put on the news for 20 minutes. Watch all the things that are happening in the world, whether it is race riots in America, whether it's a disease uh, that is picking off the poor, the vulnerable, um, those from ethnic minorities, uh, whether it's plagues of locusts that actually are sweeping Central Africa uh, and actually going now in towards onto the Saudi uh, Peninsula and heading towards uh, places like Pakistan, India and Bangladesh. Okay, those are huge problems uh, where we see people oppressing the poor, where we see the rich hoarding their wealth, where we see all sorts of horrifying things happen. What we are seeing is humans separated from their father in heaven. Broken relationship there. So when we pray for forgiveness, we're asking for God and us to be back together again. That is a universe change. Okay? So when James says, pray for healing, pray for forgiveness, it's not a throwaway line. This is huge, important stuff to pray for big, specific things. And he says, look, you can pray in faith as well. Pray in faith and you will see healings and forgiveness. Now, it's easy to get this bit wrong, okay, and to beat ourselves up with this. And I don't think that's what James wants us to do. Um, if your prayer for healing or for someone else to be forgiven, if you, if you don't see the answers that you want to, James isn't saying, well, that's because you had no faith. It's your fault. He's not saying that at all. What he's saying is, look, the thing, healing and forgiveness, this is what God wants for the world. This is God's way of doing things. When we pray with faith into those things, we are putting ourselves into the plan of God. We're saying, actually, we want to see his kingdom advance. We want to see his way of doing things sweep through the world. So we pray in faith that God would do the things that he wants to do. So when someone gets healed, when someone is forgiving, forgiven, it is nothing to do with us. We were just praying into it. We were just asking God to do what he wanted to do. And it's important that we don't beat ourselves up with these things. James is not offering foolproof prayer. But he's saying, look, if you pray into the things that God wants, then we're going to see God move. We're going to see answers. And again, as, as James is explaining this, he, he talks about community. He talks about his church or the church community and how change comes in community. So uh, in verse 14, he said, look, call the, old, uh, the elders in to pray. So get your community involved. 
ask wise people to pray for you. And then in verse 16, he says, look, confess your sins to each other. Right? So getting the community involved again in healing and in forgiveness. So let's say a couple of things about confessing your sins to one another. Okay. Cause again, it's important that we do this well, important we do it right. And firstly, I love how in this bit, James doesn't talk about elders. So he, he says, call the elders to pray for you if you're sick. That man, he doesn't say, look, get the elders onto you to confess. Okay. There's no hierarchy in his mind for this, for sin confession. This is a, a one another activity. So James does not picture the elders as the sorted ones in the church. This I'm grateful for, because that would be hugely problematic for me as an elder. Um, and he didn't want the elders to become these people that go and check on people's sins. So you're dreading the weekly phone call from your elder who wants to know your list of confessions for that week. This is not what James is after. And we are very grateful. Okay, so it's about one anothering. That's the first thing to say. The second thing is James talks about confessing, not confronting. It's very important. James says confess. Okay, so that the power and the, the the initiative is with the confessor, not people confronting. And James again wants us to be talkers, to to say, look, this is what's going on with me. This is my struggle. This is what's going on with in life. You know, sharing it with each other with difficult stuff sometimes now again i'm going to make more confessions here honestly i hate this i, I don't i'm not much of a talker I do, if i'm all honest if we were this was normal we weren't in lockdown and gordon we were hanging out more you would find a few things about me you would find that actually i love sarcasm and jokes i love put downs i love conversation about pop culture i love all of that and if you get me on those things i can go for hours hours and um, i'm your guy for that stuff but if you say, Tim, how are you doing really? Then in that moment, I'm like, I, it's not that I don't want to talk about it. It's literally, it all goes. I'm like, um, I don't know. Uh, ask me about a film quickly. I, I don't know. It goes. It leaves me. I'm a bit clueless. Um, but I take what James says very seriously. I, I read my Bible. I take it very seriously. And I hear what James is teaching. So I've built some things into life. So this happens. So um, uh, I have a good friend, Andy Brownlee, who's one of the leaders in CCM. He leads the Kingsway site, runs School of Theology, um, uh, good friends. Uh, and we meet each other semi-regular and we talk about football uh, and we talk a bit about politics. Uh, and then Andy will ask me some awkward questions and I will ask him some awkward questions. And in that, we usually end up confessing some stuff to each other. Uh, and it's just super helpful. Uh, and he always challenges me. Uh, and he never tells me off, but he challenges me actually, well, how can we live for God more? It's a brilliant thing. Uh, and I have a few other friends and people that are just in life uh, who I will talk to and I have that relationship with. Uh, and really it's because all of life needs prayer, doesn't it? All of life needs prayer. My heart needs to be prayed about often. We pray for change and God moves us. He brings healing, he brings forgiveness. And finally, just to finish what James is talking about here, um, we pray big. So he talks about Elijah. He says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed fervently, verse 17. So he draws this to a close, which is what we're going to do right now, and tells a famous Old Testament story about prayer, about how Elijah wanted to see his whole nation changed. And he wanted that because that's exactly what God wanted, because they had... Uh, king Ahab who worshipped idols 
and married someone who was not from the people of God who also worshipped idols. They were not a, a, a healthy power couple, that's for sure. They caused all sorts of trouble. And so God causes a drought and Elijah prays and prays. And God does amazing things in that time using Elijah. And then at the end, Elijah goes to Mount Carmel and he tells his servant, look, go up and see if there are any clouds. Is this drought going to end, in other words? Is this nation going to be rained on? Is there going to be fruit? A good thing's going to happen or is drought going to continue? And he sent his servant up seven times until his servant says, yeah, I can see one cloud. It's the size of a man's hand. Okay, small. And from that cloud swept through uh, Israel, it rained, the drought ended. But Elijah, and James says this, Elijah's just a bloke. He's just like us. He's just a man. And, but what did he do? He prayed fervently. He prayed big. So when I think about us, Gordon, I think we got to pray big. We want to pray for healing. We want to pray for forgiveness. We want to pray that our whole nation is changed. Actually, we want to see uh, the, the kind of the parts of Manchester that gather to Gordon represented, uh, whether it's people up in Mosley or, or out up in the hills uh, near Oldham, whether it's people down in Denton, uh, whether it's out uh, into Greenfield, whether it's down into Gorton, whether it's us in Burnage, whether it's people in Openshaw, uh, whether it's people we don't even know yet. We want to pray big to see clouds as small as a man's hand, God's presence to come in and rain on us. That's what we want. And James kind of ends there. He says a couple other things we're not going to talk about today, but that's where he settles. He says, look, all of life needs prayer. When you're in crisis and difficulty, you need prayer. When life is brilliant, you need prayer. Right, I'm just going to pray for us and then we'll hand back to Anna. Uh, Lord God, uh, Lord Jesus, Father in heaven, we ask you would be with us. Lord, I pray for uh, our people here for this church. Lord, we want to see healings in our church. Lord, even as we're sitting listening to this now, whether we're on Zoom or on Facebook, just to pause. And if you are sick, why not just have the, the thing that you, is that is causing you to suffer in your mind or just or to put your hand on it if it's uh, if you can do uh, and and let's let's see if god will heal so lord god we ask you um that you would bring healing you say pray for healing and so we're going to do that lord god would you bring healing now for whoever is sick lord bring healing yes lord jesus and for whoever needs forgiveness lord cause them to confess and come to you yes lord jesus Amen.